0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Relove Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Izzy Spencer. I am an author, a coach, and I help brilliant magical women just like you to create love. I am so glad that you are here listening. I have so much joy bringing these podcast episodes to you and answering listener questions and themes that come up inside of my coaching containers. So I help women from all around the world, from their 20s through to their 60s, to find love and oftentimes people come to me because they think oh you know I missed the boat you know I'm too old or all my friends are shacked up and having kids and you know there must be something wrong with me and of course there is not you are absolutely lovable it is so possible for you to find love and the relove method is really grounded in unconditional self-love and self-acceptance so release any blocks to your self-worth so you come back into the remembering of your intrinsic value as a human being because it is there you have self-worth you cannot lose it, but we often need to build up your self-esteem and your self-confidence, self-belief and come into a deep embodied knowing that you are worthy of love, which is the truth. And then showing your magic, letting down some of those protection mechanisms and allowing yourself to be open to love, to be available for love, you know, in the right time with the right person. In this particular podcast episode, I have an awesome listener who wrote to me and said, well, what happens if... They haven't had a long-term relationship yet. Like, what do I do in that context? And I love this question because this woman has done all this deep self-development work in recent years, particularly during the pandemic. She also had a relationship breakup in the pandemic, so she'd exited a long-term relationship with someone that was very near and dear to her heart. But the relationship just wasn't meeting her in all of the ways, and so she had this period of intentional celibacy. She'd come back out into the dating world. She's Now in her early 30s, and she'd connected with someone on a dating app who was so awesome. So she'd clicked with this person, she was feeling the feels, and they had texted, they'd had a FaceTime, they had met up for a date. So that is Spoke Two, Spoke Three, and Spoke Four on the Re Love Wheel. So, Wheel Number Two, you will hear me talk about in these podcast episodes. You can head on over to my website, EssieSpencer.com, if you'd like to see a visual graphic of that wheel. So she was at the point where she'd been on a date, she really like this person, but she started to feel a little hesitant because they hadn't had a long-term relationship before. They were also in their early thirties and she was thinking, oh no, is there something wrong with them? (laughs) Is really what she was thinking. But she was also wondering, am I missing something? And... You know, is this a red flag? Like, does this mean that I shouldn't proceed with this person? They're 33. They really should have met someone by now. They seem really awesome, but have I got a blind spot? That's where she was coming at the question with this kind of consideration. Cause she had been in relation, a long-term relationship before that hadn't served her. And she had had this period of time to reset her attraction patterns. And she did want to come into the dating world in this. Very mindful, conscious way because she wanted to come into long term partnership and she didn't want to make a mistake. So, this is where her question was coming from. So, I thought it was a great question. I've heard very similar questions from other people as well in my coaching containers of different ages, by the way. It's very, very interesting. So, it's a question I've heard a number of times. And so, I would definitely speak with them about it first and foremost. So, I would go to them and I would open up. The conversation and I would open up the conversation earlier rather than later too early. Like in this particular context, this person had already come around to spoke for, she'd been on a date, they'd had a wonderful date. They hadn't had any physical interaction, which is totally fine. You don't have to have physical interaction on a date. I covered, when to kiss in a previous episode, but it was, you know, and after the date they were, were following up and they were making plans for another date. So before coming into a place where you're feeling really attached to that person before you come into the place. You, this is the person that you text all day, every day that your primary person, you know, before you're deepening into intimacy with this person, before you're changing your life and your plans to accommodate this person. I would definitely have the, the conversation with them before you get round to spoke number six, which is the garden phase. Like I think spoke number four is the really appropriate time to be having this conversation. Equally, I wouldn't have this conversation like too early. Like this would be not a conversation you'd be having as a deep and meaningful connection on the dating apps, right? Like when you're texting back and forth, I don't think that's the time to be starting to really dive into their relationship history. This is the kind of conversation which is much better had when you are in person, or when you're on a video date after you've established like some some rapport. Once you've established a social bond, and then there's an ease to opening up this conversation in a way that doesn't feel like you're kind of interrogating someone, where they would potentially then feel like they need to step into an explanation or defence mode, which of course is not going to lend itself to a deeper intimacy, right? Because the kind of answers that may come out once you've established the conditions of trust and openness in this type of conversation. This is what the spirit of curiosity can really do. When you're genuinely bringing that openness of spirit, when you're genuinely curious about what the other person is going to share with you there, and you're not secretly thinking, I I think you're a little bit too old to not have a relationship. And when you're silently judging them about that, they're going to feel that energy, of course. Yeah. So, bringing that feeling and that spirit of curiosity into the way that you ask the question, into the conversation is best done in a more relaxed setting, in an in-person setting where you've got time to hold that space, if you will, open and allow the other person to share whatever the other person is willing and able to share with you. Allow the other person to bring forward their truth in a way which is going to be you know, appropriate to whatever the nature of the relating stage is that you're at. So the invitation there would be to say something like, I'm just really loving our time together so much. I'm curious, why have you not prioritized a relationship before in the past? Or do you want to share with me a little bit more about your decisions around relationships in the past? And see how you feel, of course, about what they share with you. You're under no obligation to continue on with that person if it's not going to be a match for you. So have the conversation with them. Have the conversation earlier rather than later infuse that conversation with the spirit of curiosity. There's a lot of really great reasons why people may not have had a long-term relationship. And so, I'm going to speak through two of the most common reasons that I see. And then I'm going to talk about an answer which might in the moment seem like it is a great answer, but I would advise you to proceed with caution if you do receive this third answer. So firstly, someone may have just prioritized other things in their life over romantic or intimate relationship it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with them and it also doesn't mean that they wouldn't be an amazing partner. A lot of people that I know, and this is the case regardless of gender, this is really interesting because sometimes it gets a little bit stereotyped as men, like men will put their career first until they get to a certain point in their career and then they will be ready for love, you know. And yes, that can be true, but I also find the same is true for women who have very purposeful Work, who tend to be really driven, who tend to be ambitious, who tend to have that feeling of mission in the world, it often may be that there needs to be a certain amount of alone time or focus or energy that gets funneled into their work. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And then, you know, at a certain point, it may well be that there's an openness to other things or priorities might shift. And that sometimes is to do with biology. It's sometimes to do with achieving one's goals and then suddenly realising, oh, you know what? I've suddenly got more space. I've got mental space here. And I also have a desire to start to look at other parts of life. And now, of course, it doesn't necessarily need to be career. It can also be someone choosing to focus on the spiritual side of their life. It can also be someone choosing to focus on their social life. You know, It can be someone who's choosing to focus more on the physical aspect of their life, their physical body. That can be their priority. And then they've made a decision to to switch priorities and to switch focus or they're feeling that stirring and that desire for that intimate connection and partnership as well. So I would definitely be curious if they've chosen to prioritize other things like what is their relationship now with what it is they've prioritized in the past and what is their relationship now? What are their desires? What's their vision in terms of intimate and romantic relationship? Like I would be getting curious as to whether there's a match between what your desires are, what your vision is and where they are and what are they doing to start to broaden the vision. You know, I just would be opening up some potentially like really interesting and fascinating conversations about their internal world, their decision-making process and where they really see themselves going. But if you're doing this earlier rather than later, then there's not a huge amount of pressure on this, right? And that's why I really do encourage you to have that conversation more around the spoke for level. And sure, that can be about whether they haven't had a relationship, but it could also just be about anything that's niggling at the back of your mind when you've met someone that you like and there's a click and it seems to be that you're matching in some of the important areas. But like... Is it you hesitating? Then I would definitely say, you know, before you really get deeper into the relationship is going to allow for the lightness and the flow and the openness of the conversation, which ultimately could lead to greater intimacy and is definitely going to lead you in the direction of the information that you need to make the right decision for you as to whether you want to continue to invest your time and energy in that person, whether you want to continue to spin the wheel in terms of that particular relationship. The second reason is is that someone may have had difficult experiences earlier in life and so that could be painful experiences inside of the childhood home that might be just painful early experiences in love where they didn't have the emotional tools to be able to regulate and instead of a wound healing you know a wound has scarred and so I do often see that people who've had challenging experiences in their teens and in their 20s in love even if they've had a really happy and loving family or home environment have then put up guardrails, put up protection mechanisms, and have not really allowed other people to get close to them until, you know, they've got to a place in their own life where they're finally ready to open up. And so if that's the case, you know, someone may be feeling some shame, quite honestly, around that. So I would just obviously, you know, if you're coming into an opening of a conversation around this and someone is choosing to share these vulnerable experiences. And obviously kindness and gentleness and holding that in a really beautiful way is going to promote a really beautiful connection that feels like a little bit more tender. And I know that the people who listen to this co- podcast are so like kind and sensitive and empathetic. You know, it's a really beautiful thing if someone chooses to share that with you. And so you may be surprised <laughs> what someone may bring up and, and share with you. And you may be surprised to see the direction of where the connection can go there. And then the third reason is the one that I mentioned is the sign to proceed with caution. And this is somebody who... might appear like the second category at first, you know, they may share some challenging experiences that they've had in the past, but the difference of the third person is that you will very quickly see that there's a pattern. And what I mean is, is that there's a pattern that every single person has done them wrong. And so the reason why they haven't had a long-term relationship in this context is the fault of the other person every single time. So every single person they ever asked out was rude and mean to them. Every time they fell in love, the person broke their heart and betrayed them. Every time they liked someone, they ghosted them. Do you know what I mean? You're seeing the pattern here. And so this is something I would just be really wary of. And please don't construe what I'm saying is like, we can't have challenging experiences. And of course, everybody is going to have some hurt in love, particularly if you're meeting and dating as adults, right? You know, it's par for the course. Even if we don't mean to, we hurt each other. And so that's what I mean about the second category of person, like the person who's choosing to share something from the heart, which has been really painful for them is radically different from this third category of person who just has a habit of making things everybody else's fault. And so someone like that is just going to be so committed to continuing to sit on the victim chair. And again, I'm not talking about someone who's been subjected to harm. I'm talking about someone whose role inside a relationship, the self appointed role inside of all of the relationships is to find the chair where they're the person who is absolutely innocent and the other person is the persecutor. And so here I'm talking about the Cartman drama triangle. It's such an incredibly helpful tool to be thinking about human relationships if you're in the dating context. So if you're not familiar with this, this is the victim, persecutor and rescuer triangle. So these are the three roles. And yes, absolutely. It is reductive, of course. But, you know, if you've got someone, if you're relating to somebody in the dating context who is just so incredibly determined to just sit on the victim chair, unfortunately, what is going to happen eventually is that you will be cast in the role of persecutor yourself. Because the problem is, particularly if you're a really kind-hearted person, if you're compassionate, if you're caring, if you're loving, if you're a big giver. And again, I know so many people who are listening to this podcast bit inside this category. It's like, You're going to have to work quite hard to not get pulled onto the rescuer chair in the early stages of this relationship. Like if someone's sharing a lot of really difficult traumatic experiences right back at the very beginning before you've actually established a social bond before you've established trust. you know if someone's always complaining about how awful everyone is to them, you know the tendency is for a really kind-hearted person is to step in and care and to empathize and to want to support them yeah. And the issue with that is that all that caring, kind, lovely person needs to do once they've been on the rescuer chair, all, they, all you need to do is assert healthy boundaries to not be available for that person because you're needing to take care of something for yourself that is all that is necessary for them to then cast you in the role of persecutor and so you don't even need to do anything untoward it's not like you actually are a persecutor but unfortunately then that's not going to be conducive to having a long-term relationship with you either yeah and so even though it sort of presents in the very early stages as something which is actually really deeply connected and really special and how amazing that this person has drawn you in, like with such, you know, vulnerable sharing so early on. But of course, you know, the issue is if they're doing it with you, they're doing it with other people very early on as well. It's a very challenging dynamic. You do not want to enter into the emotional dysregulation that happens down the track in that dynamic. And so, that's what I would just be looking out for in the early phases. You probably actually, and here's an interesting thing, you probably don't even need to open up the conversation in terms of like the curious questions and so forth with someone who's in that third category. They're probably just going to go ahead and share all of this with you without being asked. But if you do, Choose to open up that conversation of curiosity, they're going to share all of the litany of all of the people who've done them wrong. Yeah. So that would be the third category. (laughs) That would be the one to pay attention to. And then to recap, the first reason is they've just chosen to prioritise other things and now they're choosing to prioritise relationship. And then secondly, somebody who has had challenging experiences in the past and they're taking really kind and gentle and self-loving steps into becoming more open and available. And then, of course, that third category, just proceed with caution. And at all times, my friend, listen to your intuition. (sighs) All right. So if you find that you do get pulled into dynamics, which are not in service to your highest interest, if you're finding that you're really craving meeting someone who is your equal, you don't want to keep playing out those dynamics then go and check out my self-study program, Lovable. So it is a beautiful program. It is very much designed to help you to come into that deep feeling state of your worth. So, when you are feeling really worthy of love, you are able to open up and to connect with people who are going to be able to give you the love that you so deserve. So, I would highly recommend that you go and check that out. You can go over to my website, ezispencer.com, click on self study, and then see whether the lovable program might be a match, see if you're feeling it. And there is a deep dive, of course, there's the Re-Love program, and this is a 12 week transformational journey, which is a live coaching experience. I will be holding one mastermind in 2023. This is where you're working with me live and I'm supporting you to see where any of your blind spots are might be. So at the start of the episode, I spoke about different elements of the love Methods. So coming into this beautiful self-worth, showing your magic. So taking down some of those guardrails and dismantling some of those protection mechanisms or really allowing yourself to gently dissolve some of the scars that have been preventing you from being seen, being felt, and again, receiving all of the love that you absolutely deserve, as well as diving into some of the very practical dating stuff, like communication scripts that are going to be relevant for your situation as well. So, the waitlist is up there now for the 2023 mastermind. There's going to be an application process and then a call as well. So, if you're interested in hearing the details about the mastermind, make sure that you jump onto the waitlist over at EzzySpencer.com. And I will be working with a few one on one clients as well in 2023. So, jump on over to the waitlist, the one on one waitlist as well, if you are interested in going on a real deep dive journey because there's There's nowhere to hide inside of the one on one. So, if you're really ready to change your relationship patterns and you want to do that immersive experience, then the one on one might be for you. It is definitely not for the fainter part, this is for women who are really wanting to accelerate your love life you can also do the free love block quiz over on my website, eziespenser.com, if you're curious where you might be blocked in love. And that one comes with a free love potion in the results as well, which can be so juicy and yummy to start to activate the love vibes. I am so glad that you are here. I absolutely love your questions. I love sharing this with you. And I am curious to hear how this podcast helps you as well. You can always come and say hi over on Instagram. I'm Ezzy Spencer. I am wishing you all of the love that you so deserve.